0: Hello, this is Anbiti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 20th of June. The Bharat Band, called by armed forces aspirants as well as political parties including Congress today, disrupted life across India. The shutdown is a part of the ongoing protests against the Narendra Modi government's Agnipat scheme. The protesters have called the scheme detrimental to their long-term prospects. Because of the band. 529 trains were cancelled across the country. Some youth congress workers on Monday stopped a train and blocked the railway track in Delhi to push for their demand for a rollback of the scheme. The railway has suffered a major loss of property due to arson and rioting by the protesters over the last five days. Amid the call for the Bharat Band on Monday, security was increased across the country amid ongoing protests in various regions, NDTV reported. The new scheme has a provision for a four-year short-term recruitment for armed forces. As per the scheme, about 45,000 people between the ages of 17 and a half years and 21 years will be inducted into the services for a four-year tenure. The recruitments will begin within the next 90 days and the first batch will be ready by July 2023. After the first four years, only 25% of these soldiers will be retained for the regular cadre, serving for the next 15 years in non-officer ranks. Those ousted, which is about 75% of the recruits, will get a severance package. However, they will not be eligible for pension afterwards. In Bihar, police were deployed at vulnerable BJP headquarters to prevent any instances of violence, as many properties belonging to BJP members like offices and houses have been attacked and even arsoned in the last week in Bihar. Security has been increased in numerous areas in Kerala, Telangana, West Bengal and Rajasthan in light of previous violence. In Jharkhand, schools have been shut and the ongoing examinations of Class 9th and 11th have been postponed, the Indian Express reported. Section 144, which prohibits gathering of four or more people, have been imposed in areas around Noida and Faridabad, and intensified police security checks at the Delhi-Gurgaon border have led to major traffic jams. In Bihar, one of the epicenters of the violent protests against the new scheme, internet access is blocked in 20 districts. The police in Punjab have been urged to keep an eye on the actions of social media accounts that are reportedly mobilizing or distributing false information about the Agnipath plan. Congress leaders, including Malika Arjun Kharge, Chhattisgarh Chief Minister Bhupesh Baghel and Rajasthan Chief Minister Ashok Gehlot staged a satyagra at Jantar Mantar in Delhi to show support for armed military candidates challenging the Agnipath plan. 17 people died due to lightning and thunderstorms in eight districts of Bihar on Sunday. Chief Minister Nitish Kumar expressed grief over these deaths, the scroll reported. Six people were killed in Bhagalpur, three in Vaishali, two each in Khagaria and Banka and one each in Katihar, Saharsa, Madhepura and Monger. According to the Hindu, an ex amount of Rs. 4 lakh has been announced to the families of each deceased. Apart from Bihar, at least four persons were killed in Orissa's Nuapara district and two were injured. While in Chhattisgarh, three persons lost their lives due to lightning on Sunday, the local police said. The Indian meteorological forecast showed that during the next five days, Bihar, Jharkhand, Orissa and Gangetic West Bengal could get extensive rains with thunderstorm and lightning. Listeners, since the announcement of the Agnipat scheme, we have seen visuals of violence, arson and stone pelting going viral on social media. However, The coverage of these protests on mainstream media brought out the religious bias of various news channels in the way these protests were reported. From CAA to anti-farmer law, mainstream media has used words like jihadis and khalistanis and anti-social elements to address any protesting group. However, the language they used to cover the anti-Agnipat protests was quite different. Read my colleague Veronica Joseph's report titled Writers Turn Angry Youth, Bulldozers Disappear. Two sets of protests expose TV's communal bias on newslaundry.com. And find out how the Hindi news channels apply different editorial yardsticks to protests against Nupur Sharma and Agnipath. Listeners, if you like the work that we do and want more in depth investigations like this, do consider subscribing to News Laundry. Remember that we are able to deliver these reports free from corporate or government influence only because we don't depend on them for ads. Our journalism is funded by you, our subscribers. So if you aren't already a part of our ad-free system, subscribe by going to newslaundry.com and clicking on the red subscription button at the top right corner. Subscription plans begin from Rs. 300 a month. Pay to keep news free. 11 tourists got stranded mid-air at Timber Trail Parvanu in Himachal Pradesh as their cable car developed a technical glitch, the Indian Express reported. SP Solan, Varinder Sharma said that six people, four women and two men, have been rescued by the staff of the resort. All those who were stranded are tourists from Delhi, he added. A rescue trolley was deployed on the cable to get the passengers out, according to the Solan District Police Chief. They were being lowered onto a hill in the Kaushalya River Valley below with the help of cable and harness. A superintendent of the police told ANI that a technical team of the timber trail operator had been deployed and police team was monitoring the situation. In April this year, three people had died after tourists were stuck in cable cars in Jharkhand's Deoghar district for more than 40 hours following a technical snag. Altogether, 50 people had been rescued from the cable cars after a malfunction on the 770-metre ropeway to Trikut Hills, a popular tourist spot. The Supreme Court on Monday refused to allow the temporary release of Maharashtra MLAs Nawab Malik and Anil Deshmukh from the prison for casting vote in the Maharashtra Legislative Council elections which are going on today. The duo had moved to Supreme Court to allow them temporary release to cast their votes earlier today. Malik is the Minority Development Minister, Deshmukh is the former Home Minister. Both are lodged in a prison in Mumbai in two separate cases under the Prevention of Money Laundering Act. On April 21, an FIR was registered against Deshmukh under Section 120B of the Indian Penal Code and Section 7 of the Prevention of Corruption Act, whereas Malik was arrested in a money laundering case linked to the activities of fugitive gangster Dawud Ibrahim and his aides in February. Senior advocate Meenakshi Arora had moved for early listing today itself. Arora requested for a posting today, submitting that the MLAs have the right to vote in the MLC election. Live Law reported the court observed that permitting a person in prison to vote who is otherwise barred from voting wouldn't strengthen democracy. The duo had earlier approached Bombay High Court for the same. The Bombay High Court had then rejected their pleas to vote in the Legislative Council election for 10 seats in the state. Shiv Sena, the NCP's ally in the ruling Mahavikas Aghadi government, in its mouthpiece Samna, had claimed that jailed NCP MLAs Nawab Malik and Anil Deshmukh not being allowed to vote in the state Legislative Council polls was like quote-unquote Trampling on the rights of the two elected representatives, PTI had reported. This is not the first time the duo has moved the court to exercise their voting rights as parliamentarians. Malik and Deshmukh had requested a one day bail plea for the Rajasabha elections, which happened on June 10th. Back then, Malik had sought that he be either released from custody on a bond or be permitted to go with a police escort to the Vidhan Bhavan for voting. His plea, however, was refused. Colombia has elected a former guerrilla fighter, Gustavo Petro, as president, making him the South American country's first leftist head of state, The Guardian reported. Petro beat Rodolfo Hernández, former mayor of Bukarmanga and business mogul with 50.47% vote, in a runoff election on Sunday, Hernandez had 47.27% votes with almost all ballots counted, according to results released by election authorities. Petro will take office in July. According to the report, Petro will have a host of challenges ahead of him, like the deepening discontent over inequality and rising costs of living. BBC claimed the result marks a major change for the country which for decades has been led by moderates and conservatives. The vote was held amid widespread discontent at the way the country has been run and there were anti-government protests last year in which dozens of people had died. Petro pledged to address profound social and economic inequality in traditionally conservative Colombia, where successive governments have focused primarily on addressing insecurity and violence linked to the country's nearly six-decade-long armed conflict. According to The Guardian, Petro's election marks a tidal shift for Colombia and follows similar victories for the left in Peru, Chile and Honduras. Argentina's President Alberto Fernandez, who took office in 2019 after running on a left-leaning platform, tweeted on Sunday that Petro's victory, quote, validates democracy and ensures the path towards an integrated Latin America in this time when we demand maximum solidarity among brother peoples, unquote. French President Emmanuel Macron on Sunday lost his parliamentary majority after major election gains by a newly formed left-wing alliance and far-right, AFP reported. Macron's centrist alliance, called Ensemble, came first in Sunday's second round of legislative elections, securing 245 out of a total 577 seats, according to the final results released by the French Interior Ministry, more than any other political party. However, it still fell short of the 289-seat threshold for an absolute majority in the National Assembly of France's lower house, CNN reported. The results have thrown French politics into turmoil, raising the prospect of a paralysed legislature or messy coalitions with Macron force to reach out to new allies. The outcome severely tarnished Macron's April presidential election victory when he defeated the far-right to be the first French president to win a second term in over two decades. The new left-wing coalition, NUPES, is led by 70-year-old Jean-Luc Mélenchon. The NUPES coalition, formed in May after the left splintered for April's presidential elections, brings together socialists, hard-left, communists and greens. The left only had 60 seats in the outgoing parliament, meaning they could triple their representation. Far-right leader Marine Le Pen's National Rally Party was also on track for huge gains after having only 8 seats in the outgoing parliament. The BBC claimed there are many who feel that Macron has been the architect of his own problems he failed to seize the impetus provided by his presidential win in order to push for another majority in Parliament. He barely seemed to campaign and waited weeks before appointing a Prime Minister, Elizabeth Bourne, who has a poor rapport with the voters. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow.